You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Joining me today is the lovely Brandy Metaxas. Oh, hello. The equally lovely Andy Escalise. <laughs> hello. And we have a special uh, guest, a first timer uh, on the Band Geek podcast, Mr. Frank Stabile. Am I, am I, am I, am I really special, Richie? You're, yeah, you're special. Wow. I, I, I know now. Thanks. <laughs> um, what? This is going. <laughs> This is going to be the uh, NAM Winter NAM 2016 recap episode. Um, but before we do that, let's just take care of a little bit of business. Um, if you like the Band Geek podcast and you want to keep supporting the Band Geek podcast, please use our Amazon link. That's riotcast.com/bandgeek. All you do before you do any shopping on Amazon is this little step. You just go to that link riotcast.com slash bandgeek and you hit the banner, the Amazon banner at the top of the page. That will take you to Amazon and then from there you do your shopping. A small percentage of your purchases will go to supporting our show and it doesn't cost you anything extra. And as Brandy pointed out, you have to do it before you add things to your cart or it doesn't count and you screw us. It's true. I've screwed us so many times. Click the link. I bought a Lexus on Amazon. <laughs> and I didn't do it the right way. I did it, I did it through the app. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's no way to do it through no, the app. No, there's no way to do it through the app. That's lame. Uh-oh. Totally lame. You got to get in touch with your developer. I, I do. Um, the uh, other thing I want to take care of, or I want to make an announcement here. It's a Riot Uh-oh. Cast announcement. Ooh, and let's see if I do this right. I'm going to mention that there is a new show coming to Riot Cast. Uh, it will be announced on February 7th. Uh, I'm not at liberty to mention the show name or the hosts just yet, but right. there's new things coming. There's when, new things. You so know. when are we posting this podcast? Uh, probably on February 7th. <laughs> so we could probably just say it. Just say it. Uh, no, he's not at liberty to say. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to get in trouble. So no, don't do There's it. a non-disclosure yeah. right on his iPad. There really is. <laughs> it's basically uh, the ad you heard right before this podcast started. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. What? <laughs> they did it better, though. Um, so I want to explain who Frank Stabile is. Uh, Frank is, I, I met Frank through the music store. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Frank, now you you have a real job. Yes. Now yes. what's and, and you're a musician yes. and what's what's dangerous about a musician with a real job is they can actually afford gear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the rest of us <laughs> who sit there like, you know, I really want this guitar and it's uh fifteen hundred dollars, but I have to wait until it's two hundred and seventy five dollars before I can buy <laughs> yeah. it. So but Frank has a very nice collection. But um Frank, uh, are you allowed to talk about your, your gig? What, on my real job? Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. Go, go ahead. So what do you do? Who do you work for? Well, I work for I, I work for a very large company. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> um, you've definitely heard of my company, um, unless you live under a rock. But I am um, I'm in charge of supporting our point-of-sale systems nationwide. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of users. Probably of, out of all our locations that I support, it's probably around 
I don't know, seven, eight thousand locations. So when you say point of sale, you're talking about the software that they use on the in-store computers. Yes, in-store okay. computers and iPads. And oh, so I, you have to develop for for PC and tablet? Yeah, well, I don't actually develop. What I do is I actually work with the developers. So if there's an issue that we have, I, I go. So to what the, do you do here? What do I do? Here? I'm, I'm very important in my job. With you. I, 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 I write um, I write requirements documents. I sign off software. Like I led the Windows 10 certification for for my company. Wow. I yeah I signed off on iOS 9.2 today. Wow. So that was yeah. Now okay you. So you're obviously well versed in in Microsoft operating systems. I'm an Apple geek, but you're an Apple I'm, geek. Yes. So how do you how do you reconcile that in, in, within yourself? <laughs> well, you know, it, you know, it's, you got to go to confession. <laughs> I was one of those people though that when Steve Jobs passed away, I did walk up to the Apple Store on 59th Street and I left my little post-it. Oh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Um, now, do you have what computers do you have at home? I have all Macs in my house, even in your studio. Yes. Um, but you have you probably have one Windows computer for work. Well, at, well, at, at work, yes. But that machine doesn't leave my house. Uh, Re- doesn't leave my office. Really? So yeah. you're so you're a hardcore a Mac guy. Mac guy. Well, you, think about and, this: if you drive a tractor trailer truck, you don't have one at home. Well, no, but it's interesting because, well, the, you know, this is perfect analogy. Yeah, thanks, Andy. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so. You had to spend a large. You, you, I'm, I'm guessing you went to college for computers. Yeah, I went to St. John's. I graduated in 2005. Well, thank yeah. you, thank you for that. For those <laughs> of you keeping score, Frank Seville, 2005 graduate. <laughs> um, so you studied primarily computer Windows, yeah, right? Well, computer science, yeah. So actually, is I that did... why you is that why you like Mac so much? Because you got burned out of yeah, the Windows? Yeah, because I realized how. <laughs> How how bad Windows can be in 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 some instances. I mean today in was, certain people's hands. Yes. <laughs> in, today I was testing something. It was supposed to pull up some information, and you press you know the the, the query button to, to to pull the information, and Internet Explorer just crashes every single time. And I just think to my arrogant self, I'm like, this would never happen. You don't use Netscape. No. Remember Netscape. Yeah, oh, remember that Alta, Alta Vista? That's what we're excited about. Excite. Web crawler? Remember yeah. those? Yeah. Oh, this is nerdy. I love this. Yeah. yeah. Um, so now. about as nerdy as I get, though. How long, how long have you been playing guitar? Oh, Jesus. Probably since I was five. Okay, so. so it's you, like 27 years. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, what, when you got your job, what was like the first thing, <laughs> first thing you bought? Like the a first, watch. no, like music wise, like what was your first huge piece of gear that you got? Oh, Jesus, Richie. Um, I don't remember. It might've been, it might've been, a, yeah, it might've been a Les Paul class five. Okay. Yeah. Class five means it has a gorgeous top. Yes. Like the one your dad has. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. Custom shop. Just to give, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I, I need to give people perspective of why you're here. And, 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 <laughs> and, and no, I want to talk about your collection. Uh, so let's go through your guitars really quick. Your audience might hate me because I'm not a music man guy. So I apologize ahead of time. No, that's okay. You, I have two. You, that's, that's, <laughs> that's more than a lot of people who yeah. are, even are music man guys. I'm so. a Gibson guy at heart. I have six Les Pauls. Okay, All, well, yeah. What kind of Les Pauls do you have? I have the Class 5. I have a Les Paul Custom. Alpine white with the mm-hmm. with the with the gold hauler, very nice. I have a '96 Les Paul standard. I have a '98 Les Paul standard that I modded, like completely tricked it out, my own specifications. I have a 2014 that I modded also, mm-hmm. um, and I have a gold top. And and the yeah. Music Man guitars you have? I have a JP, uh, the original one. That's and a I John Petrucci. Petrucci. Yeah, 
And I have a music. I have an Axis. An Axis. Yeah. Axis is the one I play. Yeah, that's, that's the uh, that's the Richie Castellano model. The, they don't call it that yet, though. The now uh, let's talk about your Fenders. I ha- yeah, I have um, I have two Strats. I have with that early. Well, one of them is a 2003. I think that's in like that electric blue kind of color. Yeah. And then I have an American-made Squire Strat from like 1989. Which was actually very, which is actually kind of rare. Which was your jam back in the yeah, day. Yeah, that was my. That was the first guitar I ever got. Uh, now, do you have like acoustics? And, yeah, I have a Taylor six fourteen. Yeah, that's, right, nice. Yeah. that's a nice one. <laughs> uh, your, fa- your father was drooling. Like, he took the guitar out of the case. He saw it. He, like, he didn't want to sell it to me. <laughs> and uh, let's let's talk amps. I have two amps, believe it or not. Well, actually, three. Okay. I have a Mesa Boogie Road King half stack. I have a Mark Two C Plus, an original one from nineteen eighty four, and then I have a Full stack orange micro terror. Wow, With two eights, oh, the little <laughs> two guy. Nice. Yeah. Um, now, an interesting thing about you is you have all this really nice high end gear, but you also have a fractal axe effect. I have an axe effect, yes, uh, which you swear an, by, which I do. And I'm waiting for you to get the new line six, which we'll get to during the oh, yeah. later on the podcast. And I want to have a shootout. Okay, so we will. Uh, I'll I'll do a shootout with you with my my old line six. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. <laughs> I have to redo my patches because they came out with a new um, with the new Quantum yep. version, to, uh, the beta version too. So I got to redo all my my stuff because right now it sounds like poo because a lot of the values changed from yep. version one to version two. So I have to do and, it over again. And you're also a recording person. You have like recording gear. Yeah, I have a recording gear. Actually, um, the last big purchase I made from from, from your place was uh, I bought a minus Venice F32 channel. Nice big console because I need I need something to record drums the full way because my brother's drum set is not exactly small. Oh, your brother plays? Yeah, my brother plays drums, yeah. Nice. Um, and yeah. what what digital audio uh, program do you use? I use Cubase. Cubase? Yeah. All right. When I, used to work, I used to work for Sam Ash actually back in the day when I was in college and um, one of my buddies, Brent Hansen, who now works for B&H, um, Taught me on Nuendo. So Cubase Nuendo is, you know, it's roughly the same thing. Cubase was actually my first uh, workstation, too. I I got Cubase because when I first got... Well, here's here's the story. This is a story I don't think I've ever told on this this show. Um, I entered a contest in high school. uh, It was a songwriting contest, and I won. And and the prize was $10,000. And my mom was like, okay, you're going to put that in the bank, right? I was like, no, you're giving me half of that and buying myself a studio. <laughs> so and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. it grew from that pretty much. Yeah. And I asked uh, Ron Thal, I, mm-hmm. who was like, I was interning at a studio at the time. I was like, what do I get? Like, tell me what I get. And he said, Cubase. He goes, get a Cubase, uh, get, a, uh, get Cubase, get a Korg 1010. And like a Plextor CD burner, and that's your studio. Yeah, I started on actually. I started on a Cork twelve twelve. A sorry. little, a little Samson um, MDR four mixing board, and then I had a, um, a Delta forty four M audio card. Hmm. And I used to go into the computer from that, and then the forty four got too small, so I upgraded to a Mackie Onyx sixteen forty. That got too small. And now I'm on a thirty two channel. Nice. <laughs> that was a cash prize. That wasn't a scholarship. It's cash prize. Really oh. interesting. Cash money. Nice. <laughs> I never knew that. Yeah. I so thought it was like scholarship money. Most of it went to the, the computer. Right. And I remember because everybody right. in my family was a PC person and, you know, I had the first Mac in the family and, and I had like literally nothing on it. It was just like, wow, you spent $3,500 on that? <laughs> that does nothing. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to get, I have a Mac too in the studio, but I couldn't, I couldn't pull off a new one. I had to go on eBay and 
find an eBay steel. They're expensive. Yeah, I got a refurbished one too. I have a pro, so that I needed something with the I needed the tower. I couldn't not do an all in one. No one wants to do the coffee can yet. Yeah, the coffee can. <laughs> you could do it now. Now you can because everything's Thunderbolt, right? Yeah. Yeah, but all my stuff is none of my stuff is Thunderbolt. Right. Everything That's the for problem. me is PCI. Yeah. I was actually at the booth, and we'll talk about Apollo later. But I asked. Um, the guy at UA, if they're ever going to make the USB 3 Mac compatible, and he just like, <laughs> uh, so all right, so let's we'll jump see. into it. Uh, Nam, uh, you might, if you're not a musician or you're not in the industry, you might see a lot of your musician friends on social media posting about Nam 2016. Nam, 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 Nam. You're wearing a shirt there. And I am. N A M M. What the hell is Nam? Nam stands for National Association of Music Merchants. The primary, the, the primary pr- uh, purpose of NAM is to have all of the vendors, all the companies who manufacture gear, they show off the new products and the dealers from you know your local music store, they all go to this one convention center and they see the new products and they pick out what they're going to stock in their stores. Um, that's what NAM was when I started going. I went to my first NAM in 1990. Four. Wow. Uh, that's when I was 13 years old, and it was a lot different than it is now. Back in those days, you know, if you were just sort of hanging out of the booth and you saw Chris Squire, you could just go up to him and say, "Hi, Chris. I really like the way you play," and he'll say hello to you and take a picture with you. Uh, since then, and and it was mostly based around what I just said—the yes. dealers. Uh, since then, since then, Nam has has changed quite a bit and it's sort of a uh it's chaos. I it's mean, a free for all. It's a free for all. There's a lot of autograph and picture seekers, um you know, a lot of people who are there just to see famous people, a lot of people dressed up almost like cosplay at a Comic-Con, but it's more like rock cosplay. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, like girls with their I boobs every, out I and, think everyone's and, trying to look more important than they actually <clears throat> are. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. I I I'd agree with that. I mean, you do want to look good at a, you know, when you're representing yourself or your company. Um, but there are people who are just going there. You know, they got. They, they think they're rock stars. They, well, they, a lot of people just dress like rock stars. Right. And, that's what I'm saying. And that's okay. Um, but the sheer volume of people has made it like almost like disruptive for business. You know, it's funny. I remember we, um, I commented to you this uh, at dinner one night. Thursday and Friday were tolerable. Saturday, it looked yeah. like it looked like what they were giving away. I mean, you couldn't move in there on Saturday. Yeah, it's a four-day convention, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now, is it open to the public? Uh, I don't know the answer to no, that. No, it is not. But you, but every, but it seems that it no seems one has like problems getting badges to go into the right. show. Um, I get it through the music store. Now, I've been at NAMM in several different capacities. And, and I can tell you, you know, when I first went, I went as just a fan, you know, an enthusiast. Uh, you know, I went, I was 13 years old. I wasn't buying any gear. I didn't have any performances. I just went and I was just looking around and, and I remember that first year I looked at every single booth and I made like even things I was not interested in. I'm like, wow, look at this bassoon mouthpiece. <laughs> it's, actually fu- it's actually funny you mentioned that. Cause the first year I went, right. It took me two and a half days to get through the whole show mm-hmm. walking around last year. And this year I did it in about three hours going through everything I wanted to see. Yeah, because you, 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 you get better at it. Um, and then, you know, when I started, you know, playing with Blue Oyster Cult, I tried to cultivate endorsement deals. And then you go as an artist, and that's a different sort of situation. Because uh, then you're going to market yourself. 
And then I went as a, an exhibitor, you know, a, a performer with a, a certain booths and you have shows that you have to play. And I've also been there as part of the media with AMS where I was doing uh, interviews and I was conducting interviews with product specialists to get, you know, videos online about the new products. And I've also gone this year as a buyer. So I've really been on almost every end of this, and I am sick of it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, in fact, I, d- I wasn't going to go this year, and last minute... And you were very happy about that. I was very happy about not going. We did talk about Don't let him you kid you. I knew about a week and a half before they told him that he was coming. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> His sister's like, don't worry, I think you're going to have a roommate this year. I'm like, who? She's like, he doesn't know yet. Like, oh, <laughs> My sister plot. used her black magic on me <laughs> to get me to come to the show. Uh, basically, uh, for those of you who, don't, who are not aware... I have been doing my father's web stuff. Uh, I, I run his website. I handle his Reverb and eBay accounts. So if you want to, you know, if you don't live in the New York area and you want to shop at the store, you can. Just go to castellanoshousemusic.com and that's where you'll find all the stuff we have. We have some really cool stuff. And we have some really cool stuff this year because I bought all the stuff this year. And, uh, and we're going to talk about that. They posted a picture of one of those. I posted of, that picture. Oh, that was you? Yeah, I run the web they, stuff. I just said that. I thought that. I know. I thought somebody else ran, ran the Instagram account. I thought that I should was know, that's, cool. that's Nicole runs the Instagram. Yes, yeah, so right. here you go. <laughs> uh, so that's what NAM is. And what we're going to do. Last year, I came back from NAM and... Me and Andy just had a chat, and Andy didn't go, and I went, and I said, this is what I saw. Uh, right. This year, it was really difficult for me to to um, retain what I saw. You had because, a different hat on. Yeah, I had a different hat on. I was only looking for things that I thought I could sell in on our website. So that's what I was there for. So things, like, normally I would go through the rec- recording room. Like, they have, like, a huge, like, mm-hmm. airplane hangar with recording stuff, and I would go through everything just to stay current. But this year... I, we don't really purchase that stuff for the store. Like the way the new waves, uh, yeah, recording uh, yeah. console thing. Yeah, yeah I didn't. See, that, I missed that. I so I'm. That. Uh, then what are you doing here? No. Uh, so <laughs> you so, told me to come. So what I have, I know Frank was on his own mission and looking at a lot of new stuff. So Frank's here to sort of back me up on the stuff I didn't see. Uh, so let's let's jump into it. Uh, the first thing that I you know. That sticks out to me is because I'm such a fan. Is Music Man guitars? Um, the new they have a couple of new things. They are one thing I was sort of bummed about, but I can understand why they're doing it. Is they've limited their color options. Okay. So now there's sort of I mean they're still beautiful colors, but they said there were way too many SKUs for them to keep track of. Mm. So they've limited to like two colors per per model. model. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So. I guess that that will make if you have like an older wild looking guitar, it's probably going to jump up in value. Oh, nice! Which is which is nice. Um, the new the, they had a couple of new interesting models. Um, obviously, I saw a picture mo- of you with some weird guitar. He's going to buy that guitar. I'm not going to buy that. guitar. He's going to buy that guitar. <laughs> He's not going to buy that guitar. It, 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 uh, it looked really good on him. No. Yes. That is the. Um, nah, it didn't look no? that good. I don't know. It kind of it kind of fit. This is what Andy does, Frank. Well, welcome to the podcast. Andy's going to disagree with everything we say, Andy, regardless you have to of what. Him and antagonize him. That guitar that you saw the picture of, and I think it's on my Instagram. That's on. That's a, a Music Man Saint Vincent model. That's Saint Vincent. Taylor Swift's guitar player. I mean, I'm sure she has a solo career, but that's her big gig. Is she plays with Taylor Swift? The guitar has this sort of like '50s 
retro look in that it's like a, a, a bow tie. Right. It's like shaped like a bow tie sort of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like an offset, like skewed bow tie. Um, and it has three DiMarzio mini humbuckers. It's got, it, I think it has the Petrucci trem on it. Yeah. Which you know the 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 tremolo system from the John Petrucci guitar is really excellent, um, and the neck was really comfortable. It was a small guitar because I guess it's uh, at the risk of sounding insensitive. I guess it's a girl's guitar mm-hmm. because nice. Saint Vincent's a girl. You right. like that? You um, like the girls' guitar? But I do because I have these little French fry fingers. So for <laughs> me, it's great. Um, but it's oddly enough, since this year the Saint Vincent guitar has the John Petrucci tremolo. The new John Petrucci guitar has a stock Floyd Rose. Ah. Uh, that's significant because uh, John Petrucci, who used a Floyd Rose for years, when he moved to the Music Man Company, um, it he switched to this. They trem made look. that trem for yeah. him. I think. Now right? let me. Yeah, they did. Which is interesting because the uh, EVH had Floyds on them. Yeah. And the Axis, the Axis had, still has yeah. the Floyd. Let's talk about what a Floyd is for the, the non-nerds listening. Uh, a Floyd Rose is a certain type of whammy bar, and it's a uh, very sturdy kind of whammy bar and you could do very extreme sort of things was, uh, Eddie Van Halen's probably the, one that the goes, most Wee-oo! yeah <laughs> you could do dive bombs <laughs> Eddie Van Halen's probably the most notable you know uh, user of of the and, and pioneer of that sort of technique uh, of the Floyd Rose but you know a lot of guys use Floyd Rose mm-hmm. guitars like Steve Vai uses a Floyd Rose mm-hmm. Joe Satriani uses a Floyd Rose Eddie Van Halen uses a Floyd Rose uh, who else uses a Floyd Which Rose Castellano yeah I use a Floyd Rose um, but it's it's kind of common it's sort of fallen out of fashion over the years because uh, Floyd Rose guitar is a bitch to change strings on and if you pop a string during a song goodbye yeah although my cousin Phil is like Rembrandt with a Floyd Rose. Really? He that's really beautiful. is. No, he. That's a quote from Zohan. Because Zohan's Rembrandt with the hand grenade. Phil's Rembrandt with a with the Floyd Rose. That's quite a compliment. Phil could change like a, a complete set of strings on a Floyd Rose in like six and a half minutes or something. It's ridiculous. Wow. Um, don't worry, Andy. You're a good tech too. Uh, I see. I see that's you, okay. you feel like you're great. You're uh, the best. I, I love don't you, claim Andy. to be. Uh, 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 well. Um. You know that's right, whatever. But I'm sticking on topic. Um, <laughs> really? Why? Why not? Well, <laughs> yeah, really. Because this is a Nam recap. Sorry, sorry. So the other things they had were um, these new uh, Cutlass, and what was the other one called? It was that one that was really light. Wait, were we talking about the Floyds? Yeah, the, yeah. I'm talking about what other guitars Music Man had. It was like the Valentine or something? Oh like no, that was James Valentine. Oh, that was yeah, a signature yeah. model. Yeah. Um, you know, I can just go to their Wait, website. Wait, were we talking about John Petrucci when he first had I, the the Music Man? He yeah. didn't have a Floyd. He didn't. He didn't. He switched over. Now he switched back. Right for this one model. We'll probably go back. Model. I mean, that's not the guitar he's playing though. But they did. Although they have they the, changed, the Majesty is the guitar he's playing. They, yes, they made a, a tremolo just for him. Yeah, and now he's done with that and they're going well, back for to this year. He might. Who knows what they're going to do next year? He's not done with it because he's still playing the guitar with the old tremolo on it. That's just yeah. like they have to. They have to keep making a new one of these every year, so they have to do something different with it. Um, I thought when we discussed, I'll tell you what that JP the JP sixteen the one with the with the Floyd on it is a shred machine. Yeah, it it's, just screams to just. It is play legato. <laughs> Um, okay, the other new guitar they had is the Cutlass. I think that's it. Yeah, it's the Cutlass because it comes in two configurations. I saw the um, going to the Music Man bass. Oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. Then the Stingray guitar. That was the one I was thinking of. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to basses, I saw that they have these like P-bass style yes, basses they now. Yes, they do. 
Um, that, that looked very interesting. I think that's the... The silhouette bass guitar. No. No? That's not what it is. Hold on. The, I think the, that was the Cutlass. The cut, is it Cutlass bass? Is it? Is it called the Cutlass Supreme? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. No, no. <laughs> not. That's my grandpa's car, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> go to bases. I'm right, go to bases. I was. I don't know why. I was looking at that and I saw. I was like, "Hey, these look like Fender P bases." Yeah, they, they're doing a P bass style. My fucking iPad's freezing up. Here we go. Uh, Caprice. Caprice. I knew it was a C something. And, they, and they're doing. A, and they're doing. Caprice Classic. Yeah, it's it sounds like a Caprice. Car. Sorry. Actually, no. It sounds like mozzarella Caprice. No. <laughs> So there's a lot of interesting things, uh, kind of a more retro uh, thing, I think, across the board. And actually, I really liked their their uh, like Strat type guitar. I didn't play it; it looked cool. Though. I played it. It's it sounds good. It's got like '60s style pickups, mm-hmm. but with the silent circuit, so they don't right. get because uh, no Fender Strats uh, traditionally are noisy. So, yep, like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought it would have been good if you kept talking over it. Uh, and this one has a silent circuit in it that makes it quiet. And, it, you know, it sounds like a strap, but it's got this sort of music man neck, which is really nice about that company. They do nice necks. I mean, yes, Andy, we're all music man people, actually. Andy has a music man, too. Huh. I have one. I have a few. You have a few. Um, okay, so let's pick another company that you saw that sort of blew you away. Um, Gravity Picks, man. That's the first one that came... Picks. Picks, yes. I never thought I would have hmm. been floored by a pick. Gravity Picks stole the show for me. Really? Yeah. They're I, like those thick, plasticky looking picks? Yeah, no, they're not plastic. They're made out of acrylic. Acrylic. Yeah, and they they grip your hand perfectly. And mm. you actually get more output on your play. I've been, yeah. Gravity Picks, folks. Gravity Check picks. it out. I wish they you could have, see Richie's face yeah, right now. It's stun- I know, he's stunned. <laughs> And I was going off about this in, in, in Vegas when we, after the show, and I don't think he really believed me. That was the... Yeah, a I feel like you're about to be thrown off the Band Geek podcast right no, now. No, 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 no. Well, the the thing that will get me thrown off is probably that the, the picks are like $6 a pick, and wow. I'm probably going to buy like 10 to 12 of these things. So you don't throw those out to the audience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Give me a pick. Fuck you. <laughs> Give me $6. <laughs> yeah, really. But, um, I bet you if you asked six dollars for they, a pick, yeah. they would give you six dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. No, but outside of like that, um, I saw those Chapman guitars actually in oh, the, oh. the Victory amps. I, I was stunned for the for the. Price, I played those too for the price point that they were at. They're I, Korean. I, yes, and Chapman like the stick. No, no. Um, do you do you watch any of the Andertons music videos? Rob mm-hmm. Chappers. No. Um, Anderton, you've probably seen them, and you just don't realize you've seen them. They're the two English guys, uh, and they're sort of funny. And one guy's got like the long dreadlocks, and the other one's sort of like the straight guy, like tall, skinny dude. Yeah, it's like they, they play like they're like Laurel and Hardy, sort of. It's like a straight yeah, guy and, yeah. and the funny guy, and they do like you know uh, Les Paul versus Epiphone Les Paul shootouts. But and their videos are long and they're funny. But and their videos actually have a lot of information. They in them. do. They, they do. It's crazy. Yeah. And and Rob Chapman's a really good guitar player, uh, and he like really puts his stuff through its paces. Actually, the other guy Lee is a pretty good guitar Lee's player a, too. A nasty, nasty blues player. Yeah. Like, he's really good at blues. So yeah, but they, I really like their videos, and mm-hmm. they're and they've become like YouTube sensations because of the, their product reviews, and they're cultivating that into branding and they're using their mm. youtube stardom to launch a guitar line called chapman guitars yep. and they're 
you know what it is? They're they're imports. They're Korean guitars, but they sort of have like because most of the time when you do like an imported guitar, they say, okay, what would you like? Strat style, Tele style, right, right. Les Paul style. Those right. are, but they're doing their own custom body shapes. Okay. And, and they're sort of skewed more towards hard rock, which I kind of okay. like, you know. <laughs> but so. I'll tell you what, for that price point, those guitars, play, they play like butter. And it, it's funny because a lot of people have big misconceptions about guitars that are made, you know, overseas. Because for a long time, I was like, if it's not made in the U.S., I'm not playing it. Right. Now, I played I played um, their ML1 Norlin guitar, I think was the one. Mm-hmm. And it... Play, it played great. It had a real beefy neck on it, which is a big uh, a thing I like. And it had the guitar weighed like it had to weigh 10, 11 pounds. I mean, this and, and the the pickups were were were, were great. Wow. And they were in house pickups. I mean, nothing. Oh, they make the pickups too. They make the pickups too. It's called as passive aggressive. This is pickup. That's good. And dude, it's got crazy output. I mean, harmonic sustain the whole line. Nice. And I played those. Was, I, was, I played a couple of them. Because, like I said, I was on there. I was there on another mission, so I, I left myself like twenty minutes to try stuff yeah, out. Right. Um, so that was cool. The I'm trying to think of what else I saw that was really awesome. Oh, you know what I liked? I liked those Valentin pedals we tried. Were those the mini the mini switcher things for the? Not uh, the mini switchers. It was the tiny little. Oh pedals. yeah, yeah. Those were really nice. These pedals were like fifty bucks, and they make a tuner that it's like this big. It, I'm looking. It's, it's, it's maybe, that small size, like, it's like the mower like pedals, like a, like a three-inch pedal. But the like two and a half inches of this pedal is a gigantic tuner display. Okay. Uh, they also make like a fly rig sort of uh, mm-hmm. competitor uh, with a, it's like a little thin pedal, like I guess the size it's like a foot long. You know right. what I mean? Uh, and it's very thin. And it has like three pedals in there, like four pedals. Four. It's a tuner oh, built into it with nice. an LED display. Very nice, which is cool. It has There's distortion, a distortion, an overdrive, and, and a delay. And I a think. delay. There you go. This is and your fly rig. It, yeah, it sounded pretty good. Uh, How is that that the fly rig, the Tech Twenty One? I've played it. It's good. It's a good thing uh, to keep in your gig bag if something you know goes right. down. Just I mean, I case. I have I have. Uh, like an iPad app that does guitar, and my little thing that—that's like my backup rig yeah. if anything happens. But do you like that that iPad app? I have I have the the positive grid jam. Po- yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Uh, certain amps sound better than others. Like mm. certain amps sound better on amplitude than they do on uh, jam right. up. But I like it. You know, I yeah. I I've plugged it into a power amp. I I, I have a, that, that Matrix power amp on the road, so I've plugged it into that, and it sounded. Like, all right, I could do the gig with this if Passable. I yeah. Really? If, I, if I needed to plug this into my power amp, I could do the gig Isn't with this. Isn't that crazy how good the technology is getting now? Where literally, like, an app is sounding, oh, yeah. sounding like you know, like you said, passable for a gig to, to use. Or I mean, it should be. I mean, the your pod is basically a, a computer. Yeah, yeah it's what app, think about the pod came you know? out when in like ninety five. Yeah, exactly. So in twenty years, I mean, they've reinvented the wheel. That's right. So, you know. Let's we'll get back to that in a sec, but let's keep going back and forth like a little ping pong we have here. Um, what what else did you see that you liked? What else did I see? Um, that boss uh, effects that that big effects loop thing that we saw yeah. in, the, in the boss room that was kind of cool. Boss, I think, is that called like the FX eight or something? Yeah, there was an FX three or five, FX8, three five and an eight. I think they had like three different sizes. What that is, um, okay, they're making programmable loop switchers. Okay, uh, and it, like an affordable one. Because that's that's normally something you have Not to go to. Not an eight hundred dollar like, one. Right, that's something you'd normally have to go to like a custom company for and get that made. Okay, what this is, and 
I'm going to keep doing this, and I apologize to the people in the room who know what, no, what the stuff no. is. Um, Brandy, you know, you're the one I'm doing this for. Thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it, and I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> what were we just talking about? I don't know. <laughs> so when you have, you have a guitar pedal, you plug your guitar pedal into it, and you turn it on and off, and it makes a weird sound, whether it's like an echo or distortion or a chorusing effect. Uh, there's a you know there's endless amounts of pedals that do different things, uh, and when you're a guy who just has one or two of them on the floor, that's pretty easy to manage. You know, and this part of the song I want distortion, on this part of the song I want echo. You know, and you could just do a little bit of toe tapping and manage it. But if you're a guy who has a shitload of pedals on your board and you do you know complicate, you're a pedal guy, Frank. Well, I used to be, and then like I said, you start you start dancing around and. Yeah, too cumbersome. When you have a lot, you kind of can't do it anymore. And especially when you're a guy who really needs almost like not pedal pushes, but it comes to uh, being like scene changes. And when you're a guy like like, four pedals at the same time, like okay, this intro, I need a doubler, an octave pedal, and a delay. Okay, and then when it gets to the chorus, I gotta go to my clean sound, and I have to go to uh, compression. Uh, chorus and a reverb, you know what I mean? And then when it gets to, and you can't, you're doing five presses, you know, and then it's not only just pressing the pedals on. You have on, to turn them off. You have to turn the ones you don't <laughs> want to use anymore off. So you're talking like 10 presses between song sections. It's not possible. It's like Saturday Night Live on the, on the pedal board. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so um, what they did is they made this device, and this is a common thing uh, for hardcore pedal nerds, but this they've made a consumer-friendly version is... It's a, a it's a pedal. It has like a bunch of switches on it, and it has loops in it. So you can plug each pedal, the input and output of each pedal, into the loop. Then you can turn the pedals on and off via this central unit. So you might be asking, what good? What's the difference? Basically, the, all the pedals are on. All the pedals are on all the time, but you turn them on and off from this one unit instead of having to reach around. But that's not what's really good about it. I mean, it, it, it puts it all in one central location. And that makes it, you know, easier, but that's not a solution. What this does is it has a computer in it that can store which pedal presses you have. Totally so you cool. can make presets, and preset one will have my, uh, you know, clean channel, my echo, my chorus. Uh, preset number two will have my distortion, my reverb, my uh, octave pedal, you know, and so on. And you can have, like, 100 presets in this. And it's really nice. Another thing it has, aside from the pedals, it has MIDI. So mm-hmm. if you have outboard you know reverbs or you know studio type gear or one of those uh delay pedals that has the midi uh, time or whatever. yeah uh midi is um a digital interface like a digital language that music gear uses it's kind of a crude language but that's what and it's, it's from the 80s that's how old it is uh but a lot of you know music gear still uses it As a matter of fact i use it quite a bit um and it also has relay switches to change channels on your amp so this one little unit, you can really mm-hmm. basically turn your you know old school analog pedal board into a so modern preset based rig without sacrificing your tone. Mm-hmm. You know your tone is the same. You have all your old school effects, all your stomp boxes, and your amp and everything. It's not like you know what I do and I you know which is I guess blasphemy and I got my pod and <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, went into this uh, conversation before. If you uh, go back and listen to the Hanan Rubenstein, uh, <laughs> that's right. I was episodes. tempted to call him because he he like didn't name hardcore. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. He bought like eight new pedals. <laughs> I saw on his Instagram. 
and he he you know he's up on the he did like a studio day a guitar pedal day oh, wow. yeah he did it did he, you see him while you were there I did get to see him I, and I also saw a former band geek guest Al Cardi while I was there Ooh. So, wow. and I know former band geek guest Dennis Lee Flang was there <laughs> uh, yeah it's 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 a industry hang um, so you said boss so it's my turn what did I say oh um. I, I went, we went to Schechter Guitars, and I, I kind of like their guitars just because they have a really pri- a friendly price point, and that's the one yeah. I just posted on online. It was a nice guitar. Yeah, I uh, we got the Sinister Gates model, uh, and I actually like those models because I did a video on those back with AMS, yeah. and and that's how I wrote that song. That's right. It did, mm-hmm. and and I, and I really like playing that guitar. It's a very easy to play guitar. So I actually because. Usually my dad does the, the ordering in the store and and my sister and uh, but they they're not my dad's not really a contemporary style guitar player and my sister is not a guitar player at all so I went there I was like no we need some fucking tread machines yeah. we need some like kick ass like it kill sells. guitars yeah so and if I, you want to know more about that guitar and that song you can go visit our other episode when Richie explains uh, about that song that's right. Thank you, Andy. That was a good plug, Andy. Andy's, it would have been good if you knew the number of the episode. Yeah, I should. Andy's the curator. Yep, yep, Andy's t- the band key curator. <laughs> he's, he's doing his research. <laughs> Too late. So I really liked, uh, you know, I like that. Uh, I'm sticking on the Schechter, uh, on the Schechter bandwagon. They had the Zach Wild stuff. Oh, right. Zach Wild yeah. is his own He went off on his own. Um, he, uh, <clears throat> he left Gibson. He left Marshall. And he's out now, if you guys haven't heard, he's out making his own stuff. And I have to say the um, the quality of his instrument again is it's great. I mean, for the price point that they have him at, the stuff it played really, really well. Um, That's sort of like what Eddie Van Halen did. Yeah, he's branding himself. Yeah, and it's actually funny because they're talking right now. They don't have a they don't have a USA line. Everything again is I think is uh, Korea, I believe. And um, they said a U a USA line is in talk, but they said that the quality is actually so good on the Korean stuff they might. They don't know if they're going to go to a custom shop yet because of how good the Korean stuff is. So it's just to show that you don't have to pay a lot of money now to, to get a, a really kicking guitar. We also, I can't remember the name of it. We saw this, um, I, I like to go check out what the you know the Asian builders are doing. Oh, I get your name of that. Hang on one second. Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, but it's just, we saw, there was one in particular that, made some interesting guitars that were that all played really great. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of dogs there, like like really terrible oop, guitars. Oop. But um <laughs> but this but this one company made like re- really nice stuff, but the problem is you have to order like insane quantities. Right. <laughs> they, what would they want? They want like three crates of Jeez. stuff. <laughs> yeah. The three shipping containers. Right. Wow. And yeah. you couldn't deviate from each container, so you had to order one of one every, container yeah, of each. It was crazy. Wow. But you know, something to think about. There you go. <laughs> um, we were talking about Floyd Roses before. Um, the thing about a Floyd Rose is that in order to put one on your guitar, if it doesn't already have one, you have to route it out. You have to cut into it. Um, we also stopped by the Floyd Rose booth. They make a Floyd Rose now, Andy, that you can slap on the top of your guitar. Nice. You slap it on. Yeah, it's it. It looks like you know the Borg assimilated your guitar, but it, it, cause it's like, it's a lot of hardware on right. the top of the guitar, mm-hmm. but it's cool. And it also has like a set screw so you can lock the trim from going down, uh, up if you oh, want. Oh, okay. 
Now, yeah. isn't isn't your uh, Eddie Van Halen is not a floating uh, Floyd? But it has a route. But it still has it a, has route. a route. Yeah, so it has to be routed. Oh, right, because it's routed on the inside. Yeah, because there's that block. The what block is bigger than the, the, the regular trim. Yes, yes. That's what. Mm-hmm. That's the routing part. It's not really your routing on the top. No, it's unless routing. you're floating, uh, floating. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't have the the total route to, right. to go the other direction. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um. I want to throw the ball back to your call. What about that VHT thing you were playing? Oh, that was really. I'm glad you pointed that. You brought that up because I would have forgot about that. Oh, no, uh, VHT, which is uh, they're not VHT anymore. It's called Fryette. Yeah. Fryette Designs. Uh, this is a company that I use. I used to use a lot, and I still use it. I mean, the last. Uh, local Blue Oyster Cult gig and probably the next Blue Oyster Cult gig I used my old VHT stuff um, he sold the name uh, the guy's name is Stephen Fryette uh, he sold the name but he's still making the same stuff under Stephen Fryette Designs and he made a couple of really interesting things Andy and I are big fans of his power amp I have it yeah that two, you have a 252 also yep that's like pro, uh, like one of the best power amps like ever made yep I, I used to have that and the 292 it's right here. I have a 292. Yeah, it's right next to it. Oh. <laughs> hey there, little buddy. Um, and he's making a smaller, like, single rack space version of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also made this thing, which is a, I believe it's a reactive load box. Um, that's a, a common thing, and uh, here's what you need that for. If you have an old guitar amp, and it sounds great when you crank it, but when you turn it down, it sounds like butt. Uh, you need one of these devices. Uh, doesn't Don use a, a load box? Yes, but it's uh, a different thing. His it's... is a load box with a speaker simulator built into Correct. it. That's called the Two Notes Torpedo. And That's... it's not. It, it, he doesn't use it the same like what the way you just explained as far as like cranking the amp. Has he use it? It's more of like a, like you said a cabinet simulator and like DI kind of right. func- function. More than volume control. What this was is it was a buffered reactive load box that you, you can crank your amp but then have a, an external master volume. Right. So you're still getting the, the power tubes to sort of overwork right? and then get that sound at a lower volume. But it also had a 50-watt uh, power amp built into it to do that. It's okay. A, it's also a tube device. It's a little box. Um, and it had its own power amp. And I asked Steve, I said, can I just plug into this and use this as a power amp? He was like, absolutely. Nice. So I, he, he, so I plugged into it. It wasn't quite the same sound as the 252, right. but I think that's just because the, he, I was plugged into an open back cabinet, which has a very different sound than right. the closed back cabinets you and I use. Mm-hmm. Um, sounded great, though. Yeah, and what else, they, what else they made? They make a, a dedicated guitar DI, um, which... Which I kind of want. <laughs> it's a it's a guitar. What exactly is that? It's okay, dedicated. a DI means DI stands for direct injection, and um, what the, okay, what does direct injection mean as opposed to micro micing something? You know, when you mic something up, that's not direct. That's right. there's air in, involved. It, it it has to do with impedance and everything else. Yeah, so, when yeah. you when you DI something. You're going from the the source directly to whatever you want to plug it into, and yes, and the, and a DI or direct injection box will handle all of the 
um, elect- electronical uh, wizardry going on to make the this match that you know to a, yeah. a high impedance to, to a low impedance. Because contrary to popular belief, and believe me, people come into the store asking all the time, you can't plug something in just because it has the same looking connector. Yes. You, know, you could do a lot of damage. Why so not? public public service announcement, folks. <laughs> Before you plug something in, you should probably make sure you're supposed to plug it in. Uh, me and uh, Steve Lacerra, former uh, band geek. Uh, ah, guest, former band geek guest, ah. Steve Lacerra. Yes. And uh, audio engineering wizard. Uh, we were having a conversation the other day about uh, recording uh, keyboards... And using DIs or not using DIs. And you're supposed to? Yes. Yeah. Supposedly, if you do like a side-by-side, you would be able to hear a huge difference. I used to have a DI. I went to Anne-Marie, and now it's gone. (laughs) You just reminded me. I got to get my DI back. Um, Yeah. It was an expensive DI. But uh, so you mean these line-ins with the mic preamps on them, they're not DIs? Correct. What are they? Uh, Well, it depends. On the front of that, there's a little guitar insignia, little symbol next to it. So that's a DI? That would be a DI. The ones on the back are not. Usually they'll have like a little adjustment of how many, uh, what what impedance level you can go in at. Guitar is what, like 2.2 million, I think? Uh, Some some, some crazy. I think it's also a difference between unbalanced and balanced and stuff like that. Uh, You just got learned. there's, there's, (laughs) There's textbooks. For days. Holy shit, this is some nerdy but stuff. Actually, but who actually records a piano anymore? Everybody's using plugins. That's true, too. That I don't thing. think I've ever recorded a keyboard yeah. in <laughs> the studio. Mid- you didn't you even call it a you piano. Sp- you yeah. record your drums all the time. You speak MIDI. And that should be going to a DI. Don't you? Yeah. Oh, you don't take the MIDI out? I do. Yeah, I, I do both. Dr- and you have a drum I actually got. I actually got a question on YouTube about this. Uh, well, Last question. week, and I guess I'll answer it right now. I, I answered it on the, on, on the YouTubes, but I'll answer it here. <laughs> on the YouTubes. Um, People ask me, "Do you are you recording directly off the drums? Are you programming them? Are you using the MIDI?" Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> that's great. Well, uh, that wasn't do, a yes question. No, it's it, all three, and the answer I gave is it depends on the song. Like, and and I'll always if you ever if you ever see something on one of our Band Geek videos and you're like, "Hey, who's playing that part?" Read the the uh, video description. I'll I'll write it because sometimes. You know, I can't fit a ton of people down here. So if there's like a missing bongo part, you, you know, know, afterwards I'll say, Andy, can you just play a bongo part over this, please? And we'll overdub it. And I and I always, I'm not trying to fool anybody. I always, uh, you know, give credit. I say, you know, additional percussion by right. Andy or additional keyboards, you know, keyboards by, by, you. by Richie. Right. It's like I always, uh, I'll, I'll credit it. So if you're ever watching a Band Geek video and you're like, hey, hey, like, no one's playing that. Every, like when we did Bohemian Rhapsody live for the Band Geek thing, like everybody went, these guys are cheating. The, the, those vocals aren't them. I said, read the description, please, before you yell at me. <laughs> the and vocals it, are yeah. you pre-recorded. Yeah, I wrote vocal samples pre-recorded by Richie. That's what I wrote on there. So before everybody jumps down my fucking throat, that's how it is. Everybody's got a problem with everything on YouTube. It's like they, they, they can't, they can't, they, they, it can never be. Hey, Richie, that was a great cover. I, you your know, vocals what? were sampled. Shame on you. I, <laughs> Even if it's your own. Yeah, I sampled myself. Yeah. Okay, sue me. But you, you know what? I gotta. I have to be honest. I've been pretty lucky with internet comments. Mm-hmm. Like I see as some of the videos I watch and I read the comments, they're horrible. They are. They're yeah. absolutely awful. And I've been pretty lucky. People have been, you know. You know the thing is, my videos aren't popular enough. If 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 they get popular or, or very popular, then I'll probably see some of the real fucking douchebags. But until then, <laughs> I'm I'm sort of you know, 
I'm, oh, I'm isolated from them. Uh, okay, another thing, uh, now that we're talking about this, that I saw was... Oh, I didn't finish talking about the DI. I'm sorry, forgive this me. Uh, sorry. The guitar sorry. DI. The guitar DI. Okay, so it's a regular DI, but it also has a preamp built into it with uh, three modes. It has a straight DI mode, it has a pitbull mode, and a deliverance mode. So it you it'll model the preamp section. Not model. It is the preamp section from those two classic, you know, Fryat amps. Ah. And so it's like it's it sounds like a little miniature version of my preamp that I use the the VHD GP3. But it's GP3. still just it's like a little box. Right, right. But it's still just a clean. It has that if you switch off the uh, preamp stuff. Okay. You can be clean, but it's all. It also has like a volume knob. There's, there's a. But is the wait? I'm confused. There's just one. There's a selectable knob. There's only one channel. Right. And the selectable knob, I believe, was clean, which is just like direct. Right. Um, Pitbull and Pitbull the other. and deliverance. It's different gain and, stages, basically. And that's it. And it has three band EQ. Right. It has gain. Oh, it does. Yeah, no, it's, oh, it's, it's a full it's, it's, thing. It looks like a preamp. I think it had a pre and post gain, too, if I'm not Pre right. and post gain. It has... Um, and it's all with an XLR out. It has an XLR out. It has um, and a quarter inch out to go to your... Oh, it has a power amp out, too. It okay. can power a speaker. Like it's right, like, right, a, like a five, like a five watt yeah, power yeah, amp right. built into it because there's a tube. Because everyone does that now. Yeah. The, speak, the headphone output is now like a little... And it has a cabinet simulated direct out. Wow. Yeah, so it's a very cool piece of gear i kind of want one for the studio like as like this is the thing i plug my guitar into yeah um but i'm still in love with my pod but I, it would be a nice you know other sort of color to get in here because of all the little bells and, and whistles uh, i'm assuming that's just marketed towards like studio kind of stuff like no it's live it's marketed towards live or, or, oh, right. or studio because right because you could do that it's it's anything you know. Studio is nice because of the size because it's so small it could just fit on a tabletop right, like yeah. that. It's not cheap though. It's like what six hundred bucks. Yeah, six or seven hundred bucks. Oh, is that the one I called? Yeah. yeah. And you're like, I wonder how much this is. I was like, dude, this is gonna. I've I've purchased stuff from this company before. It's like, this is it's gotta be at least six hundred. At least six hundred dollars. <laughs> but you know that would be a cool thing for Band Geek uh, because I know sometimes I show people the pod. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. With yeah. that, like, here's your one channel of sound. Right. S- set your tone, and that's, that's it. That's why I'm thinking that that it, it wouldn't be that uh, good for live, because it's only, like, one thing. Whereas, like, in the studio, it's fine. You're just get, dialing oh, up that is. one sound, you know? Maybe it is. You know, you, you could be right. Like, live, you, you, you probably want more options. You know what? Yeah, you're probably right. Unless you come into a situation where you're using a house amp that doesn't sound good, and now you just plug you know this in front of it, and then you could start from there. Or if you're a guy who uses like one sound all night, right? Like, all right, how about this? What if you're someone like Eric Bloom, who has like one crunchy sound all night, mm-hmm. and the engineer says, "I want, I don't want to use your amp anymore. I want to go direct." Right. You put that on top of his amp or behind the amp somewhere. There you go. You you know, DI it and he mm-hmm. has a pre processed, crunchy, good sound. Right. That that he gets the, the same exact sound yeah. every night. He doesn't have to worry about a microphone or anything. There you go. Um so let's let's get down to the thing that I was most excited about at the NAM show. Uh, and that was getting to try out the new line six Helix. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know fr- Frank, you were excited. Cue the music. Yeah. <laughs> You were excited about you. I trying- actually was. I um, it's. I mean, you'll you'll go into more depth than I will, but it sound it sounded great, man. I mean, it. You felt the notes, and you felt the organicness of each amp that they were using on stage, and I mean, 
I mean, it's a very high-end product. Did you play with it, too? I did not. Uh, Okay, so what I use, and I've said this several times on the podcast, is I use the Line 6 Pod HD 500 and the 500X, which I have right here in the studio. Um, That's that one. Yes, 500X. We've uh, also used that other one, too. Oh, the Firehawk. I got that down there. Mm I... I got used to programming this. It there was definitely a learning curve, um, but now I'm very fast at using the Line Six. You know the the Pod HD 500. It's like it's my main rig. I use it on every gig. Uh, I like you know you can see over there, Frank. I have a nice. I have another perfectly good rig sitting over there. You know <laughs> that's a very nice. That's a very nice amp you got there. Yeah, I got my angle. Uh, but it's just I can't bring and it on no, every gig. And your Nova system on top. Then. That's right. I have, I have a whole other rig there, and it's great. And I still use it. You know when when I have to, when I can. You know? And if you want to uh, hear more about Richie's rigs, there's another episode <laughs> that Richie and Phil go through all this stuff. <laughs> I want you to. Uh, Tweet me, uh, hashtag Andy is annoying, if you find this annoying, and then we'll do less of this. No, I'm kidding. If people want a more in-depth uh, discussion about things that we're talking about, okay. they don't have to go, they don't have to search for another podcast. Those no. answers are he- right here. I, remember, I, I agree with on you. On the Band Geek podcast. You. You're right. Only on Riotcast. You're right. Remember, hashtag Andy is annoying. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> So this new, I mean, I use this in every gig, so I've obviously gotten used to using this tiny little screen, and I, I'm very fast at it. However, this, Andy, <laughs> Andy, yeah, I, I, and I said this to, to my cousin Phil, and mm. I said this to everybody. I said, if you play with this thing, you will seriously consider selling all your shit. And really? being like, you know, I could probably just get away with using that thing. It's, yeah. yeah. And, and it's not, look. Everything, like Frank said, in 2016, everything's going to sound good. My iPad app sounds good. Right. My Pod HD 500 sounds good. But Frank's, Frank's Axe Effect sounds good. I'll tell you what, though. And I've watched a lot of your videos. Um, I heard a noticeable difference between that and the Helix. Yeah? Like a, yeah, like an immediate, immediate, like... Maybe that guy's just better at programming it than I am. Well, I listen, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. I mean, because the, the, the pod is pretty complex. I mean, it took mm-hmm. me probably a good... Probably a good eight to ten months to get the axe, like to actually dig the axe effects and get it programmed to where right. I can say, "Wow!" And, like, and really quick, I want to just jump in on you for a second, Frank. Um, the axe effects is the number one modeling solution for everybody in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, modeling is when you, instead of using real amplifiers on stage, you don't you right. use a digital <laughs> device that simulates an amplifier. Why do you do that? Because amplifiers are fucking loud. And and so, to get them to sound good, they break. You have to make them too loud. They're maintenance intensive. They break. They and don't sound heavy. the same night after night. You have to put a microphone on them, and you're dealing with space and the quality of the microphone, the quality of the speaker. There's so many variables now. And with these things, to get the same results, you would have to bring ten amps. Right. <laughs> Let me ask and, you another question. Let's make it even more basic. You guys are gigging musicians. Would you rather carry something that's sixty pounds or carry something that's eighteen? Right. It's it's a convenience factor. Now I'm not saying amps suck and you shouldn't use amps. Amps are beautiful. All guitar players, if you tell them, gun to your head, would you rather use a pod or an amp? We'd all say, oh, yeah. amp. Give me right. an amp. Give me, you know, give me a, a, a 1960s Marshall instead of this digital device pretending to be a 1960s Marshall. Right. But for the sake of convenience that you get, like you just said, Andy, I can instead of saying, okay, I brought this Marshall to the gig. 
I wish I had my Roland Jazz chorus. For the I wish clean I had sound, my Fender. Right. I wish I had this amp, you know. And but no, I have, I'm stuck with this Marshall sound for the whole gig. With these amps, you can have every sound you want, a digital approximation of it, but every sound. Now, I say digital approximation like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because over the last 20 or so years, like you said, Frank, it's getting better and better and better. So um, a lot of big tours that we see, yeah, and we know the people they're using this stuff. Yes, the Axe Effects is the number one right now, and it's just it's it's very sophisticated. Is the eleven rack still up there? The what? The digital design. The, the eleven. The eleven rack. The what? <laughs> I never. I uh, listen because I've sure seen I've seen pro tours using that stuff. Gary too. Hoey, he used an eleven rack when we played with him. And he got great sounds out of it. Yeah. Uh, I was not able to to gel with that device. I, I watched a couple of videos on the eleven rack too, and I never really heard anything. You know, I wasn't like I wasn't blown away the way I was even by like the by the Axe Effects, the Helix, or even the Kemper for that matter. Like those, like the mm-hmm. what it comes down to is workflow. It really yeah. does because the Axe Effects, the Kemper, the he the he the uh, Helix. the pod. the pod, the, all these devices. They have the capability to get a great sound. And it's just about the workflow. Does this workflow lead you to that sound you're trying to get in a in a constructive and direct manner, right? And if it doesn't, it's you say... All, it's I, all taste. Yeah, yeah. You say, I can't use this thing. Like, you know, I couldn't... I the, the 11 rack didn't work for me personally. Now, when I looked at the Helix and its interface, I said, this is... It's over. Well, you know, it's funny because, I, I, like I said, I've used most of them. Um, the Line 6 dominates in the UI. Dominates. Yes, but the Helix is it even blows away the pod in terms right. of... You, right. it's, it's Listen to this. Here's, here's how it works. The pod and, a lot, and even the Axe Effects has a, a fairly small screen, right. right? So the first thing they did on this Helix is they made a huge screen. There you go. A huge... Full color screen. Right? Because you're used to using your iPad app. <laughs> right. No, really. He's right, though. It, it's about the size of an iPhone, the, sc- the screen. Yeah, it's like six or seven inches. Like, it's huge. And it's beautiful. Um, now, every single uh, pedal on this thing, now you see on my pedals, there's red rings around them. Every pedal on the Helix ha- is multicolored and can change on command depending on what you have there. Mm-hmm. And so, and here's how it works you start off, you have your presets, and I think there's like eight of them per bank. So, yeah, something like that. So, say you hit preset number three, right? You hit it, boom. Um, you're on preset three, your sound changes. Then there's a button called mode. You click the mode button, and then you get all of your individual stomp effects for oh, the preset okay. right there. Now, and they're all color coded. So, for example, I'm guessing here. So, your distortions are right, yellow, right, your choruses are blue, blue right. your, you know, they're all color coded. So, you could see it. We but, were both thinking of the classic uh, yeah. boss <laughs> colors. Well, that's actually how that's they did it. That's how they did it. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, the laser green filters are purple. But uh, instead of now, say you can't memorize that color code. There's also scribble strips above every pedal with a, with what it is. There you go. It says so. You, so you don't have to like sit there and, and remember and guess. Right. Everything is displayed with words. Nice letters yeah. ab- above it, so you can tell what you're hitting. Now the biggest problem everybody has, especially Stompbox guys, you know, analog rig guys when they're using a, uh, a device like this, is that, you know, with a stomp box rig, if I want to, you know, add a little more high end to my distortion, you turn, I bend down, right. I turn the knob, and it's fucking done, right? It's done. Yeah, you're fucking done. <laughs> it's done. 
this digital stuff it's rape of the culture you gotta go through all these uh, you gotta go through all these, you these go menus, the menu. you gotta the windows the computers um, so with this one okay you have your uh, you have your distortion right and it's on this pedal it's, say yeah. it's on pedal number two right? right two all you do is you put your finger on the pedal you don't press it you just Tough. put your skin right on it you know and then the computer the, the display screen shows the parameters of the distortion by capacitive touch and then there's four parameter knobs so you're you telling go. me i don't have to use that menu button and nope. scroll down no and more menu wow wow <laughs> it's done it's done, <laughs> done. <laughs> so that's it capacitive touch so no more scrolling so so what's the difference between that and going down to your stomp box nothing no difference no, nothing nothing, nothing. It's what's done. going on I don't know Frank and I well Frank and I were roommates at NAMM and well, he, he watched he did nothing but watch Sopranos clips the whole time and, and, and he was surprised by how many of them I knew no pun intended you're gonna build the ramp Richie you're gonna build the ramp you're, you're gonna build that ramp <laughs> no beans you know you're gonna build a ramp Richie oh man so I was very impressed by that they, uh, Line 6 also made uh, a new wireless, which is very cool for home use, actually, because it has a little docking station. Okay. A single quarter inch out. No batteries either. No, And it's a little dongle that sits in there, and it, it recharges, and you take it out, and you just plug it into your guitar. Nice. And you're done. You're done. Done. You're, you're done. That's it. <laughs> uh, another uh, band geek. Let's talk about the, the most important uh, booth, Audio-Technica. Really? Band, yeah. band geek Audio sponsors Audio-Technica. Uh Audio Technica had a new set of in-ear monitors, a new line of in-ear monitors, oh, okay. uh, which I will be trying to get. And uh, though they have Instant. three models, they have one which is a single driver, which actually sounded quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the, the the dual driver one was my favorite. I, I liked the way that sounded. That sounded the most um, like what I'm used to for in-ear monitors, like right. sort of flat, you know. Mm-hmm. And I believe they had a, a tr- triple Sweet. driver one with, um, but that had the most like crazy like hi-fi like if you want to listen to music and be blown away that's what you that's what you get you know what i mean uh so there's three models from them uh uh universal fit foams yeah uh, universal fit with foams nice and yeah just as a matter of fact that's how i tested them i had like my my foams in my pocket i just took them out threw them on there nice and they were comfortable and they weren't too big you know so that's something to look out for i don't know the models offhand but you know you really can't go wrong anything you get from Audio Technica. <laughs> As I speak into my Audio Technica microphone with my Audio Technica. As we all do. No, you know what? People, when I tell people I use, you know, especially this mic. This is an Audio Technica. Is it forty forty? Forty thirty three. This oh, one. Sorry. That one's a forty. Is that a forty forty? Uh, I think that no, is. Let's look. It says uh, on the back. It's dark. Should I put the light up? <laughs> no, we got it. It's a forty forty. It's a forty forty. You got a good eye, Frank. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I like a forty thirty three. Gotta and turn it around, Andy. I, I don't have like an expensive Neumann U eight eight seventy five thirty whatever it is. But I, yeah, uh, I don't have any of those. I like these mics a lot. It's the amount of the the level of quality you get for the price with Audio Technica is forget a, about it. Forget about it. Forget it. Forget it. <laughs> it's done. Just forget about it. You buy Audio Technica, you buy your headphones, you buy your mics, whatever you want, they got it. You'll be set. You're done. Done. (laughs) So, yeah, that was really impressive. I also ordered a bunch of wirelesses for the store from from Audio Technica. Nice. Um, Frank, 
Anything else you want to add? I have, yeah. Um, one of the, um, actually another another big item for me. I don't know. You probably heard about this. Um, John Petrucci got a signature series amp from Mesa. Oh yeah, and I did hear about that. I. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, they weren't. I, they weren't even at Nam, were they? They they haven't gone to Nam in about five years. What are you fucking bringing it up for? <laughs> because, because they were in like every booth there. Um, they if you guys don't know, um, Mesa gave John Petrucci a signature series amp, and it's actually a. Um, they're branding it as a um, or advertising it as a Mark Two C Plus reissue. Now you want to know multi, something? Multi channel, right? It's a three yeah, channel yeah. version. Yeah. You know who has one of those? Or the single channel. Andy Escalise. I oh, so I, is he. I have one too. He said that. I have a Mark II C plus. Really? Yeah. I bet you yours works, Frank. The C plus is the uh, is that the one that switches between sixty and hundred? No, um, it depends on your serial number. Which okay. do you know your serial number no. off the top of your head? Because mm. mine is actually serial number to a C. So I, when I bought it on eBay, I sent it to Mike Benedelli over in Mesa, out in California. He actually did the upgrade for me, the the um, the effects loop upgrade, okay, and the uh, the presence upgrade. And um, I have I already have those upgrades. Yeah, yeah I, mine didn't have that. Yeah. Um, but depending on depending on what options you have also dictates. Right. You know, I have I have one of the rare it's, ones. It's one of those. I, I think. So do you get the Petrucci sound out of that thing? Out of mine, yeah. And how yeah, about I yours, Andy? No. <laughs> what does yours sound like? Do you have a graphic EQ on yours? Yes. Because the graphic EQ is like absolutely like critical to the uh, to the to the. Yeah, to I got the, the graphic EQ. Yeah. I need to get mine serviced. Yeah, yours has been broken since we met. <laughs> I was like, yours I has been broken since 1995. It's not actually broken. It probably just needs a little reshaping. There's a guy. If you don't want to, if you don't want to send it to Mesa, there's a guy in New Jersey, Denny guy. Denny Kager. Okay. He, oh yeah, uh, Denny, Denny, Denny. Awesome. Denny Blue services music. Mesa too. And he um, he did a bunch of Springsteen's amps for him because Springsteen has a couple of C pluses, and he was telling me that he did them. Denny used to service my uh, Ampeg River Rocket. Oh, really? Because he he helped design that amp. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, on mine, I can I, I nail that Petrucci glass prison tone like it's 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 on. But um, they did a uh, they did the reissue with Petrucci's name on it, and that amp they demoed it in the uh, John demoed it in the um, in the in the in the Ernie Ball booth, and I mean. It, it it sounds absolutely identical because it is the the Mark II C plus. Just they added an extra channel because he likes three channel amps, I guess, because he uses a a lower gain setting for his yeah. rhythm and then a, a much higher gain for his lead tone. Yep. But they duplicated the graphic EQs too, which is which is, which is dope. You now know, he used to use a Mark V, right? He was using a Mark V for for yeah. a while, then he used a Mark IV for the longest time, also. <clears throat> I I usually like a three channel amp. I mean that my angle over there is a three channel. Yeah. Ever since I got the pod, which has four, four presets per bank, I became a four channel. Uh, yeah, my Rode King is a four channel amp, and I mean that have that light crunch tone yep. is just like it's it's heaven because no matter what um, overdrive pedal you drive into a clean channel, it's always too much. <laughs> and it's funny because for all the Rode King users out there, I bet you your cousin Phil uses this too. On uh, channel two, if you turn every knob up to ten and put it on Brit mode, you get the perfect like breakup. Brit tone, it's 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 incredible. You gotta you gotta sit with Phil and, and show him some tricks with that amp because he doesn't know how to set it. He doesn't, but I I don't either. Like I, there's one channel on the amp that is just buzz factory, and I can't get it to not. He's sound got like the header. He has a combo. He has a combo. Okay. So it might be different. Maybe. I mean, but I know channel three and four. The mid stages are totally different. Um, you get a lot more output on channel four for some reason at the same like volume level, mm-hmm. which is which is kind of which is why I personally use it for soloing because 
you can set them the same, and you get like that three to four dB boost in 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 your gold. But um, do you do you post any of your music anywhere? Not really. No. I mean, my band's got an album coming out. So I mean, I use the Road King on, on on a whole album. Where can where can our listeners uh, look for your album when, when it comes done? out? We're doing the whole iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play, that that whole spiel. I mean, but you know, when when, when time comes, I'll, I'll let you know. We're in the process of working out the whole mastering thing. So um, yep, <laughs> yep. We, Andy and I know about that. That the struggle. Yeah, our thing was just finding a place that was going to do it for a reasonably price because we were looking. I was looking at some of like the because we didn't we recorded the whole thing in my house. So obviously we didn't spend any money to record the record, but um, now we're working out the money part. And once it's uh, once it's out, I um, you know I'll let you know. Good. Is that and the other thing? Uh, one more thing because uh, I want to start wrapping it up. One more thing I saw is um, I did take a quick gander into the recording stuff. I did like briefly look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Motu AVB stuff, they're really pushing that hard. There's a new version of Digital Performer, and it sort of makes me jealous of Mac users because Digital Performer looks pretty awesome. Did, mm. Have you ever used Digital Performer, Andy? No. I haven't either, yeah. It looks really cool, like the stuff you could do with it. Like they're, they're finding their whole like audio uh, core is finding like they found a new way to utilize system resources more efficiently. So your, like, your buffering settings... Uh, feel tighter than they are so like the latency is tighter than it should be like they've learned you know interesting and we've talked about latency before on the show that's basically when you're recording something uh no matter how fast your computer is there is a delay between when you actually say you know play a note on your guitar and when the speakers spit it back at you it's just it's just the nature of the business you know with this uh with this sort of technology but you transfer you're you're encoding a analog signal into digital yeah so it's it, going to take a second. it takes time so and but, then back to an analog right but what they're doing is they're uh finding ways to tighten that up a lot and also in this in the band geek studio i did a i did a uh, youtube video on this so if you're interested in seeing how like you know we actually record this show check out my mo2 1248 video that's what we use and that was on display at the nam show uh they have a technology called avb it's not this year's technology but they you know that was a big part of their booth uh and that allows you to basically daisy chain interfaces together with ethernet cables and you could do long runs too you could do like you know hundreds of feet well, Rip getting lines. into computer geek stuff, yeah, you can, I mean, when you go from, like, Cat 5 to Cat 6, that's it. You can go whatever you want. It's, yeah. It's great. And and so I was actually looking at something for the Band Geek Studio because I have this Motu AVB device here, and I could add on, like, a 16-channel snake that's also preamps. Right. And, and, and put and, it in your living room. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And I can run through the walls with the Ethernet cable, and my computer will not see that as, like, an extension. It'll say, oh... Your audio interface has sixteen more inputs and outputs. That's just how it works. Right. It's very cool stuff. Uh, Pro Tools, are our friends at Avid, they have a new iPad app for Pro Tools twelve, um, and I, they said it it will partially work with Pro Tools eleven for those of those those of us bleh, those of us who have that. And they also make a dock that you can put your iPad into that turns your iPad into a control surface. Nice. Yeah, I think it has like a fader on it and yeah. a couple of knobs and stuff like that. 
Um, you have to mortgage your house to buy it. Yeah, it's not cheap. <laughs> it, it's you know, it's cheap in terms of what they usually charge for stuff. That's true. It's just not cheap in what I in terms of what I usually pay for stuff. That, that's, <laughs> that's a very yeah. beautiful statement. Right? I thought so. But like when you look at that product, you're like, oh, you think it in your mind, oh, it's probably you know, maybe six, seven, eight hundred bucks. Then when you look at the price, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so Andy, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like us to cover? Um. Because I know you weren't there, so that's I why was not we, there. we tell you in case, like, hey, you didn't look at this, or did you check, how was this, or who? Yeah, I asked if you looked at the Waves thing, you didn't. Uh, um. No, actually, I do know one thing that Waves is doing. I did see one thing. They're doing this, pl- and I get I didn't get to hear it, and I feel stupid for not hearing it, but they're doing this, like, plug-in that will turn your laptop headphones into yes, a mixing environment. Yes, a mix thing, yeah. I mean, I that, that's the... not a new idea. A lot of other companies have done that. But, you know, usually Waves, it's when they do like stuff... It's called, like, Mix Room or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Waves, I really like their products, and I think that if they're doing it, it probably sounds phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but you know what the thing about... Another thing about Waves is they do demos. Right. So if you really wanted to try it, you could just you get go. a demo, and you could try it on they, your own headphones. Right, but they came out with a, uh, like, a live console that was... It was kind of seemed interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have looked at that even if I went to yeah. <laughs> went to the booth and spent some time. Uh, so yeah, I think that's. Uh, so how was your uh, so how was your trip overall? Coming oh. back was that fun? Oh, you want, you want, <laughs> we're gonna be here for another two hours. <laughs> Don't anger him. He didn't anger me, but that he he brings up a good point. People were asking me how come there's been no new podcast in a few weeks because I've been stuck. That's why you were not stuck. <laughs> I was st- I was stranded on the other side of the country. With Frank was, fucking Stabile. He was stranded in Las Vegas, Nevada. I, I guarantee you there's 100,000 places in the world that are worse to be stranded than Vegas. Not for Richie. <laughs> Listen, so I like... No, he's right. You, I could have been in Canada. It was, it, <laughs> yeah, it, that would have... It, it was 60, about 65 degrees the entire time. Yes. Nice. Look, case in point. So I was planning on coming home Friday night, and long planning. story short, I didn't get home until Tuesday, Tuesday night. There was a and blizzard. we Artemis. That's why he's upset. Okay, all right. You want to really get into it? You yeah, want? Let's, yeah. Let's... Real, real talk, right here, Brandy. Real talk. Real, real talk. talk. Okay. Yes. <laughs> we were planning a massive game of, of Artemis on Sunday, and I fucking missed it because of the snow. And while I was gone. My two lightsabers that I've been waiting since September came in. And Amory's taking pictures like, ha ah, ha, look what came in. You're st-. No, she wasn't being mean about it, but uh, it was just, it was torture being there. And, and you know what the thing is? Being on vacation is great, but when you didn't plan to be on vacation and you're living out of like a, one suitcase <laughs> with two nights worth of clothes. It's vacation. It's, it, it's not. It's stressful. So and like my sister was there because what what my sister does and Frank does it with them every year is they go to Nam and they piggyback a Vegas trip on behind Nam so they I drive you should. they drive right to I Vegas five. <laughs> but I didn't want to be there but Frank was was gracious enough to let me stay with him and I hope I wasn't that miserable of a roommate um, as long as I didn't, my snoring didn't keep you awake but I think you were okay you're fine okay. <laughs> The, <laughs> so what'd you do while you were in Vegas? Richie? I went to the movies. And <laughs> you I, watched Kung Fu. How many times did you go to the movies? Three times. <laughs> how many days were you there? Two. <laughs> did you play some slots? Yeah, I did. Oh. I did play slots. I played uh I played twenty dollars, I lost ten, I got back ten, and I cashed out. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's good. <laughs> and you know, it was uh 
Yeah, it was frustrating. And then we got home for I was home for like a day, and then we had to go back out to do the BOC gigs. Mm-hmm. So I apologize, Band Geek fans. From time to time, I won't be able to have the best uh, schedule with this stuff, but um, I'll I'll try. I think they'll give you a pass. Give me a pass, please. Just apologize directly to the one band geek fan Just we have. Tell Michelle K. Sorry. Williams and John Johnston, I'm very sorry that the band geek if, podcast wasn't on. If you tell, if you tell on. them that you're sorry, they'll forgive you. Please forgive me. <laughs> Done. Please forgive me. Uh, I want to be, be here for you every week. I really do. I, we, I enjoy this. But sometimes shit happens and you're stuck in a room with a guy who fucking snores and you can't do anything about it. <laughs> Allegedly, I sound like a duck. Oh, hey, hey when, no. when there's no new band geek, that gives you a time to go back oh, yeah. and li- re-listen to other band geeks, Hashtag. like the Hanan Rubenstein podcast. Andy is annoying. But no, and Frank, our Bumblefoot, gotta... Al Cardi, that was another great podcast. <laughs> Lots of classics. Hashtag Andy is annoying. Lots of classics. No. Hashtag Andy is annoying. He, he was, he was, he's on to something. You good. should be happy. I'm actually promoting something. You are, you are. <laughs> um, but no, Frank, I want to thank you very much for... Letting me for saving my ass and giving me a place to crash for while I was stranded. Not a problem. Michelle. And thank you for being and here for today. Being here. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll wrap this up here. The Band Geek Nam 2016 recap. We talked about four products. But that's that's okay. <laughs> like and, four dozen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, joining me today was, of course, Frank Stabile. Thank you for being here, Frank. Thank you. Brandy Metaxas. Thank you. Thank you. Andy Escalise. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Richie Castellano, and thanks for listening.